Welcome to Valiant 33. This is another sit down with Stu. It's going to be a little bit less formatted than usual. Because obviously we all know what happened on Friday. If you're not, um, RNYFC did say that they were ceasing operations for 2023. We knew something was up before that. I'll try to give a background of what we knew, or at least what we think we knew. Um, but one of the th- one of the areas too that we've I want to say learn from the silence the last couple of months is we're trying to be a little bit more journalistic with getting multiple sources. I don't want to get too into the specifics, but we did have one side that was very pessimistic, one side that was very optimistic, and the pessimistic side won. And they were the correct ones, but I also want to say that there's a lot of back and forth that's been occurring. The other aspect is this is going to be a little bit less journalistic and it's going to be trying to drop in a little bit more information. So I guess I'll start. So I also wanted to start with what Vardy's involvement in the team was. It really was just limited to players coming from John Morris's agency, his agent, and then in fundraising for a new stadium. There was no money that moved hands. Vardy was supposed to come to a game this summer, but it was canceled last minute because of conflicts he had with his wife's trial and Lester recalling him early to training. I also just want to be honest, I feel both were bamboozled prior to their involvement, so their blame is limited in everything that happened. The only real point that I'll make that did come off as negative was in an early call I we had with Morris, he had no idea who Rex was. And yes, he's the mascot. That's not very important. But to Rhinos fans, that's very important. And that's especially important to connect the Rhinos with RNYFC. He had no idea who he was. I had to explain it to him. And he should have been aware of that. That happened last January. We also know that there were at least two merger opportunities during the winter, probably three. Both were with established soccer brands, both locally and a little bit further away. Both fell through at the last minute. So one of them was literally got to the point where they were talking about what the name was. Um, And the issue seemed to be, or the issue was, and we've confirmed this with MLS Next Pro teams, that the issue was the Dworkins wanted them to pay pay the debts of RNYFC. We don't know the exact figure whether it was the 300k they racked up uh, last year in debt, or also included, I want to say the 1.3 million they talked about um, happening in 2016-2017. That's a common issue with these mergers, so it's not out of the realm of ideas, but it is something that can be difficult for teams to pick up especially when it comes in later in the process. One of the reasons I feel like this did happen later in the process is we've had stories from previous FCU leadership, for example, when they were trying to build a single team in 2020 and 2021. To essentially directly quote one of the uh, former members of that team, every conversation with Dave is like a reset. We'd have a conversation, and then the follow-up meeting, it's like the first one never occurred, end quote. 
that just makes it it's it's not a surprise. It, it, we've heard this from multiple people, and it's not new information. Either way, why they waited until March hasn't really been fully explained. Um, as I'll get into a little bit later, if we knew there were issues in April, it should have all been buttoned up much earlier. Um, the worst part about this for me is really the players and the staff that they held on to until March. Um, we all know these these kids don't have long careers typically. If they're if they make it ten years, that's a hugely successful career. Being dumped in March, when a day before a bunch of these games are even being played, is really rough. Um, recording this on a Sunday, Lamar Batista just had an amazing day at uh, San Antonio FC, but that's atypical. Um, he was on a, he's on a twenty five day contract, which shows how much of a push they had to do to get him, or how tough it was to get him. And he blew it out of the park. He had a career day. I think he's going to be... I don't think we're going to see this from other players. Um, There's going to be players whose careers don't continue because of this. I don't know why they waited this long, knowing what they knew, knowing what took so long, knowing what was happening in the background, that they should have let these players shop around earlier and it's really upsetting on that part because they they don't need to they don't need to wait this long players can leave they've were quiet for 65 days essentially they did the players dirty they did the staff dirty i know there's a lot of a majority of the staff are young professionals starting their careers out and now they don't have options that they should have had One of the other aspects is we knew a league takeover was on the cards with Tom Neal being an, an MLS executive on his own part. He was involved since August, since August. In the past, we saw the, the way that the Dworkins got the Rhinos was because of a league takeover. So Rob Clark, even after winning the championship, lost the stadium. So then the or lost the rights to play at the uh, downtown stadium, so the league took the team from him, sold it to the Dworkins. I'm not sure why that couldn't have occurred this time. I'm assuming the issue is that the Rob Clark just said, fuck it, I'm done, this is great, the team can continue. I think the Dworkins have a much bigger sense of ownership than Clark did. They have owned the team for eight years. The problem is they've only competed in three of those eight years. And we also know from direct conversations with current FCU leadership that 2017 was a push to get them on the field. And and that they also, they did not want to play in 2020 or 2022. They wanted to play this year in 2023 in MLS Next Pro. I don't know what... If anything would have changed with that, I feel like it would have just essentially been, we'd get a season this year, but I, I don't really think there would have been any huge changes. Um, the other thing I'll say is that I don't believe that USL somehow had more power over their teams than MLS does, so I would put this more in the Dworkins being difficult than Clark somehow having less rights. 
in the shutdown tweets, they didn't take any ownership of their failings. Um, we all know, I talked about April a little bit earlier. The issues in April were team-created issues. We know that the team needed to sell out every game to make a profit because of all the help they were getting from MLS to play in 2022. That's not a lot. They they needed f- to fill in 1,500 seats. They averaged that in 2017, which was, which was a considered a disaster of a season based on people showing up to the games. It didn't happen because of the issues they had with the stands in April. This resulted in the home opener only allowing season ticket holders and the next game against Orlando City being postponed only hours before the game was supposed to occur. The official reason for this? The late snowfall making the ground wet. That's just factually incorrect. Um, According to Rochester First, a local uh, news agency, or I think it's CBS in Rochester, the previous measurable snowfall was March 29th, three weeks prior to the game. And precipitation for the year was an inch below normal year-to-date. The real reason is they didn't get the right permits, they didn't build it to the right standards, and that's why they had the issues. Worst worst case, for both the season ticket holder only game and the Orlando City game that they postponed, they waited until the last minute to make an announcement. For the season opener against NYCFC 2, the announcement was at 2.52 p.m. with the game being played at 7. For anyone who missed that announcement because you're living your life on a Saturday and not expecting the team to essentially cancel single ticket holders. They forced anyone who showed up who wasn't aware of this away. There's plenty of space at that stadium for standing room only. It's not perfect, but come on, like what? There's no reason for that. A week later, they then postponed the Orlando City game entirely at 10.52 a.m. for a 7 p.m. kickoff. There was extensive promotion before the games. There was no indication that there were issues. It's unbelievable that this would happen. Another issue. So after these two fuck-ups, the team promised a discount code for the team store. Like many announcements they've made, they seemingly hoped making an announcement for the future that everyone would just kind of forget. It literally took me reminding them a week after the deadline had elapsed for them to send out the codes. I think it was May 15th for them to actually send out the codes. The the weirdest part about this entire saga as well is the fact that I did go to that one game in September. As you enter the field and walk by the stands in section A, there are a bunch of screws on the ground. There are a bunch of parts for the stands it would literally take them maybe 15 minutes to clean that up. But apparently that's too much to ask, and that just doesn't make any sense. I've been beating up on them a lot, but one of the things I want to talk about is some of their background of why this is so infuriating is that the Dworkins own LLD Enterprises. Here's a quote from their website of what they do. LLD Enterprises operates as a fully integrated real estate firm that specializes in the acquisition, development, brokerage, and operation of commercial real estate assets. Our personnel are highly experienced and strive to maximize the value of our investments. 
personnel is spelled incorrectly on the website, by the way. That's the end of the quote. <laughs> Not getting permits and leaving equipment on your site for six months after you've built them doesn't seem like you're experienced or detail-oriented, but what do I know? These issues all stem from the same core problem and the problems you've been seeing since they took over the team. The Dworkins aren't lying about losing money. It's been obvious in 17 and 22 that attendance is lower than they wanted or needed. But I also think they never invested enough to create the base the team needs to eventually make money. The games were fun, and whether giving away tickets is a good model or not is an argument that I'm not going to have right now. There are better ways to fill in the seats that they, but there are better ways to fill in the seats than what they did. I genuinely believe the core issue with all of this is that the Dworkins saw the average attendance of the Rhinos game in 2015, did simple simple math to figure out how much the average ticket price was, and thought it was going to be profitable, thought that they could do a better job. They didn't do the due diligence to figure out why Clark would just give up the team, and that's put them into the hole that we're in now. We all know minor league sports teams are never huge money makers. D3 and D2 soccer is extra difficult because of the number of games you have compared to hockey and baseball. It's half or, I want to say, 90% less for baseball. And when you screw that all up by shutting off half of your fan base that's been hyped for you for nine months, you're not coming back from that. I'll just quickly say, the name RNYFC is also dumb. No one liked it, and the entitlement they've shown with it is stupid. This is where the frustration lies. I don't want this to just be a complaint session. They knew about all these limitations. They're not idiots. Um, but so far, they haven't really done anything to try to make money outside of game day. And even that's questionable. There's so many ways the team could essentially become a merchant shop that has been completely wasted. Even paying retail prices, I just did a quick Google search, and woven fabric logos are 2 to $3 a piece, and stickers are $0.50 cents to, a to a dollar, depending on how fancy you want to get. Screen printing shirts is relatively inexpensive, too. They still own the name Rochester Rhinos. They just redid the trademark on that. They own the old logos. Their website should just be peppered with different designs of merch for both. Instead, we get a few different, uh, weirdly different hoodies that all look the same, that have different prices, but the same logo. Um three hats that are all essentially the same, and then some weirdly gender-specific shirts with a logo only seen on that shirt. I know there are limitations with what they can do with Adidas. Most of their stuff is not Adidas. I also don't think, because of the name of the team, that there is anything stopping them from doing what they want with the Rochester Rhinos name. It just seems like a hugely lost opportunity because this is the only thing that they own that has any value. It's the Rochester Rhinos name. It's the logo. They gave that up, but what were they doing from 2016 to 2021 with trying to make a team that people care about? A lot of people outside of Rochester like it. They're, no one's going to travel to Rochester to see a Rochester Rhinos game. It's just not going to happen. Um, that's why a rebrand made sense. Why they haven't just tried buying a couple of things of merchandise um, and then seeing what sells. 
there's of course going to be stuff that doesn't sell like the roughneck scarf they released halfway through the season um but as i said i don't why not just buy a limited run low profitability but you're still going to make some money overall um and then see what sells and then make more of that at better prices coming from what i can get for charlotte fc i know there's the Dworkins are millionaires. Temper is a billionaire. But the weird selection of Charlotte FC stuff I can buy is just astounding. Um, the weirdest one is I can buy multiple light switch wall plates for both Toggle and Rocker in one and two gang box setups. I don't know who's buying that. I doubt many people are. But it shows a level of ambition and a level of trying whatever that the Dworkins have never done. I also don't know where this leaves the team. Um, we know that Nisa was an option at one point. That's what Vardy wanted. And then he was basically told this team, this league is a joke. It's falling apart. It's likely going to be dead by the end of the season as teams like FCU and Chattanooga are most likely going to leave to MLS Next Pro. MLS may not take them back. Again, talking with certain MLS Next Pro media people they the rhinos were the reason or the rnyfc was the reason that the schedule has been delayed for multiple weeks it will be coming out next week and not on a friday <laughs> they could put potentially return to usl as who knows what happened to their franchise there notably the usl website still lists them on on their website if you do a search for usl rochester rhinos we do know that meetings they had in 2019 and 2020 did not go well. The name change took away the history they bought, and they haven't done much to garner goodwill from anyone, fans, leagues, whichever. Any return to the Rhinos name can also not be taken as a return to this history, and from a personal note, I've tweeted about this, the stars need to go. It's, it's not your history, it's our history. Respect that. What I do know about all this is I'm done with the excuses we've heard for years. I'm not expecting this supposed hiatus to last only one year with the current owners. I heard the same thing in 2018, and it went on for four years. New owners may come in. It may become multiple owners. It may be, they may become, the Dworkins may become minority owners. Who knows? This will only help, but it's not a situation where anyone who takes this on with the Dworkins still involved will get any leeway. They need to show that they've learned from the previous actions, and their actions are going to be hyper-analyzed, and they will need to show changes have occurred immediately. At this point, I am not confident any of this will happen. On a more personal note, I can speak a little bit about what the future of Valiant 33 looks like, and at this point, we don't know. We've talked about a lot of different options, talking about certain international teams, leagues, um, other things. We just don't know. It's, I was one of the ones more optimistic that things were gonna end up well for the team for 2023. And with this changing, it's tough to say what the next few months look like. We will let you know once we figure it out and it's not gonna take 65 days for an announcement.